0: Hey people, welcome to Always Wondered About That. How do you feel about organ donation? Are you an organ donor? Do you know someone who received an organ? I do. Two people. I also know a few organ donors. But... How does the process of receiving an organ really work? Have you always wondered about that? I did. Let me tell you about it. I want to start with I'm not an organ donor, nor am I attempting to convince or dissuade you to be or not to be a donor. The reason I'm not an organ donor is because years ago I watched an episode of Law and Order. It was called Harvest. The lady was in a coma for whatever reason, and they tested her brain activity three times, which I believe is the requirement. First two times she had activity, but the third time she was shown as brain dead. So after that, she was taken into the operating room and her organs were removed for donation. But the catch was they used a morphine drip in surgery. Now, in the words of Jack McCoy, why would you order a morphine drip for a patient that was brain dead? That's why I'm not an organ donor. I saw a sign somewhere one day that said, when you die, donate your organs. What are you going to do with them? I'll tell you what I'm going to do with them. I'm going to take them with me. But I take nothing away from the donors. One of the noblest things a person can do is donate their organs. It's the last thing you have left in this life that you can take with you, and you're handing it over just because. I always go back to the urban legend when I think of organ donation, how organs are so difficult to come by, people have to steal them. But that's how serious this really is. People are making up or telling the truth about organ theft. You never hear of someone waking up in a tub of ice with hair missing. No, they wake up in a tub of ice with kidneys missing. That's how the organ legend goes. But I'm beginning to think it's not that much of a legend. This is something everyone should know. According to Health Resources and Service Administration, when a person dies in the hospital, the hospital is required by law to contact the local organ procurement organization. That requirement would apply whether you are or are not a donor. So now you know the organ people are not just nosing around the hospital waiting for someone to die. What organs can be donated? Well, according to Cleveland Clinic, a person can donate a liver, kidneys, pancreas, bone, connective tissue, heart, lungs, intestine, bone marrow, skin, corneas, muscles, uterus, middle ear, heart valves, and blood vessels. What about the brain? Why can't we donate our brain? One person can save eight lives. According to Health Services and Resources Administration, there are 160,882 men, women, and children on the list. And every nine minutes, a new person is added to the list. 17 people on the list die every day waiting for an organ. Now, what is this wait list all about? This UNO's wait list that people go on. It's supposed to be a national system that a person goes on after they've been determined they need an organ. According to Gift of Life, the UNOS system creates a ranked list of transplant candidates of matches to ensure that there is fair allocation of organs nationwide. They say the average wait time for an organ provided the tissue and blood matches would be five years for a kidney, 11 months for a liver, four months for a heart, four months for a lung, and a year and a half for a pancreas. Five years for a kidney, isn't that the one most people need? According to Donate Life California, celebrity and wealth play no role in organ allocation. Well, that's not completely true. According to Marilyn Maschione of Business Insider, if you can afford to be on two transplant lists, you can be on two lists. That means you can be on a list in New York and a list in Tennessee, as long as you can pay the cost of the second set of tests, which would be twenty-three thousand dollars for a kidney. And $51,000 for a heart. What did a test cost for the first lists? Should the organ donation people allow you to be on two lists? Does that seem right? I realize your life is at stake and it's important, but everyone's life is at stake and their life is just as important. Why shouldn't everyone be able to be on more than one list without paying the cost of the tests? What about organ theft and trafficking? Well, according to David Porter and Carla Johnson of NBC News, In 1984, a federal law was enacted making it illegal for a person to knowingly buy and sell an organ. The practice is illegal just about everywhere else in the world. A lot of things are against the law. That doesn't seem to stop people. Where is it legal? Well, according to a today, in Iran. A person can buy and sell organs, but the catch is you have to be a citizen. What about the urban legend? What about the people that cut organs out of other people? It takes a hell of a person to drug someone, kidnap them, and cut an organ out of them. Now, what do you do with the organ? You have this organ. Now what? Do you just walk into the hospital with the cooler and hand it to the doctor? Hey doc, put this in my family member, I found it outside. Even if you steal the organ, how do you get it into the person? How do you even know it's a match? You just committed a horrible crime and you don't even know if that organ's gonna match. There was an episode of American Dad about organ theft. Steve had sent Stan's DNA to an Ancestry website, and it came back that they were Canadian. Then all of a sudden, their Canadian family invited them to visit. They went up there and got drugged and woke up with organs missing. The people had a fake Ancestry site, and they were scamming to get people with organs to match wealthy people that needed them. I realize it's a cartoon, but think about it. What about if the person doesn't have the money or insurance to pay for the transplant? Do they go on the list or do they just let them die? According to Joelle Alessia of ABC News, the person is not getting that organ if they don't have the money to pay for it. The National Organ Registry requires a person to have $400,000 for a kidney transplant and $1.3 million for a heart transplant before they're even put on the list. God forbid me or my family member needs an organ. I don't have $400,000 or $1.3 million just lying around. Do you? That's why organs are stolen and trafficked. People can't afford that money. The person in the hospital bed dying could be the main moneymaker in the household. Where are you going to get that kind of money? Mr. Alessia mentioned the person will also be required to afford $2,500 a month for anti-rejection drugs because without them, the organ will fail. Let's do the math, people. The average person makes $4,000 a month. Now take away 2500 right off the top. That's $1,500 left to pay for rent, food, and essentials. That's real nice. A person has to beg, borrow, and steal for the money for the transplant. Now they need more money for the meds to keep them alive. What was I saying earlier about money and wealth not playing a role in organ allocation? Well, the person isn't getting the organ if they can't afford the transplant or the anti-rejection drugs. What about Medicare? Well, according to Mr. Alessia, he says Medicare will only take care of the transplant if the person is in end-stage renal disease. But they will only cover the cost of the anti-rejection drugs for 36 months. After that, the person's on their own. On a fixed income, probably only receiving Social Security and retirement, at 65, they're on their own. Nice. According to Kevin Longino of American Health Journal, Now the person is forced to choose between food and rent or medication. They will even miss doses and take the chance that the organ may fail. Is that right? Should that be happening? What about Medicaid? Well, I'm thinking Medicaid will pay for the transplant and the anti-rejection drugs, but only if the person qualifies for it. If the person makes too much money, they don't qualify. But remember, they haven't been working because they're in a hospital dying in need of an organ. But their prior tax return will be all Medicare Medicare C's in that situation. We talked about rogue family members. But what happens when the doctor grows rogue? What happens when the doctor starts stealing organs? I saw an episode of Law & Order SVU like that. It was called D.A.R.E. The people were dying for whatever reason, and the doctor was forging the consent form for their organs to be donated. If the parents never saw the scar on their daughter's chest, that doctor would have never been caught. Years ago, my father was very sick, and I had his health care proxy. I had to sign a form for him to have surgery. On the form, they asked about organ donation. They asked about major organs, ligaments, tendons, and veins. I said they can have nothing. For what reason would they ask about organ donation if all that was happening was a simple surgery? I'm not sure if it's procedure or what, but why would they ask about that? There would be no reason to ask me that question. My boss said the same thing. When they asked the same question about his mother, I'm going to sign those papers and you're going to let her die on the table and take her organs? That's the impression we both got from that paperwork. My father always told me, and I quote, What I came in with, I'm leaving with. And when he left, he left with all he came in with. They didn't ask me about organ donation when he died. All his organs were failing, so they wouldn't have wanted them. They didn't even ask me about his corneas. One thing I remember reading is doctors gain nothing from organs being donated or transplanted. They have no access to the registry, but they would have access to the information if one of their family members were on the list. What about rejection? Well, according to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, your body can reject an organ in hours, days, months, or years. That's why those anti-rejection drugs are so important and expensive. Your body can reject that organ at any given time. That's sad. You have to go into debt just to afford the drugs that are keeping you alive. Now, what about illegal organs? How much is an illegally acquired organ worth? Well, according to ACAMS today, a person's organs are worth $30,000 for corneas, $150,000 for lungs, $130,000 for a heart, $98,000 for a liver, and $62,000 for a kidney. I don't think organ transplants should be free, nor do I think the anti-rejection drugs should be fully covered by insurance. But I do believe insurance should cover transplants. I don't think it's right to expect someone to have that kind of money in the bank just for a transplant. The average person has nowhere near that amount of money. That doesn't seem right because you need the transplant and you're being pushed aside because you don't have that kind of money. The main factor in organ allocation should be how imminent Does this person need that organ? If the answer is now, they should be the one to get it. Insurance should cover a portion of it, and the person should be responsible for the rest. By saying a person is required to have $400,000 for a transplant is already eliminating at least 80-90% to of the people who require that organ. We all saw John Q, how in debt he went when his son was sick. Now that man was pushed to the limit, and his son was going to die. And still, that little boy couldn't get an organ. I wonder if they warn you about needing that kind of money before they suggest donation to the person. I wonder if it's brought up before anything else. I never knew a person needed that kind of money for a transplant. If I never read that article, I would keep believing insurance covered transplants and meds. So what do they tell the person? How do they tell you you're going to die because you can't afford that transplant? All of this just horrifies me. At what point do we draw the line? Lesson learned, people. In this world, it costs too much money to get sick. Well, anyway, now you know one thing you always wondered about. Hope you come back for more. Talk to you soon. Bye.